It's the Zaya Show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Zaya Show. Today, I'm here with Phil from South Korea. Say hi, Phil. Hey, what up? Nothing much good. I know it's been crazy with the time differences. Do you, like, when you first moved to South Korea, did you have a hard time with the time zones, like, changing because it's, like, completely, like, different days? Oh, definitely. Since I'm a day ahead of you, uh, right now, as I'm recording, it's uh, 10.55 p.m. at nighttime, so uh, about call it a day. Oh, my gosh. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on to the Zaya show, and it means a lot to me. So we want to get into, you know, you moving to South Korea, and I know a lot of people that love South Korea's culture. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people, like my sister, she wants to move to South Korea to be a teacher one day. Um, mm-hmm. So what motivated you to move to South Korea? Um, well, I guess uh, I was a broken university student, uh, senior university. He said it was my senior university, and I, I needed a job, and it was the only job I could find at the time. So, uh, mostly be doing ESL teaching. That's my main gig. Okay. But, uh, okay. Yeah, but, yeah. My future plans. I'm actually looking to um, at least once the student loans begin to you know start getting in place, and I can pay those off quicker. Then I'm start looking towards investing towards like getting my actual teaching certification. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And do you find it different? Completely different. Um, with te- did you ever teach in America or no? Actually, I'm a business major. That was my original oh my uh, study. Yeah. Okay, business major. Um, but what do you find so unique about uh South Korea? Like you know, living there and teaching students there versus like just the average day in United States. Uh, one is obviously different. Uh, instead, of, like in USA, where like you got like a mixture of everyone from different groups around the world, right? Especially. If you like, say, live in a major city like Dallas or like Cali, whatever, right? I'm living yeah. in South Korea where like 90, like 100% of my students are all Korean. Like everybody's Korean up and down, left and right. <laughs> yes. I think that's the main, main thing that's different. And, you know, when moving to like a different state, like I know like it could be hard changing every single thing, mm-hmm. but moving to a different country must have been very challenging. Uh, what was the uh, one challenging uh, moment for you m- making the transition from the United States to South Korea? Uh, just going, realizing that um, friend, people I know, friends, family, um, that I can't see them all the time. As close, easy as I would have been, you know, being if I was still stateside, stateside excuse me. Right. And, uh, just knowing that, um, you know, even though it's kind of like the same thing if I was still at home stateside, like, when you're home over living overseas, like it really makes it realize that oh, their life's still going on. Uh, they they can't wait for me, you know. Right, right. That's that's crazy. It's just crazy <laughs> to think like you know like yes, I'm thinking about moving to different states, and I'm like okay, I know boundaries, but a different country. I was like that takes balls, and you know like yeah, it's rent. not gonna be for everybody. Not everybody's wired to be able to live abroad because um. I try to give this to my cousin, who's a teacher back in this, and I'm from South Carolina. I'm like, listen, you can make so much money international teacher, but she doesn't want to leave the state. She doesn't want to leave close to her family, which is understandable, of course. Right. Right. Understandable. So what's one thing that you love about being an international uh, teacher? 
Uh, well, I guess the idea is that I can expose many Koreans to other parts of culture, especially black culture, because most Koreans, uh, you may have heard about this, when it comes to traveling while black in Asia, like a lot of people do get foreign. Well, as a foreigner, you do get stared at, right? But black people, we get a lot, a ton of stares. Like, yes. people will stop it, stop the conversations and stuff. Um, and a lot of times, it's, and of course, most Koreans, their interactions, they really, really interact with foreigners in general. They just don't leave a circle, circle really. But um, uh, what makes it all unique is that, so a lot of times I was like the first non-white English teacher. The previous jobs I had, my current job as well, like I was the first uh, non-white English teacher that some of my students ever had. Wow. That's crazy. Um, and I just love that, you know, the children uh, get to, like, see different cultures, especially, like, you know, like, because reading about a culture, I know, like, just education in general, when you're in social studies or, like, just in class in general, and you're reading about, like, a different culture, you're just like, okay, you take it with a grain of salt, you just remember it for the test, versus, like, if it's a completely different change in the atmosphere, like they're more prone to like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like, let's ask questions. Let's get to know this culture and also get to know this person for who they are. And I know you've been probably been asked a lot of questions by many, by sure. students. <laughs> what, sure. was the, what was the uh, one question? Uh, do the- I play basketball? Am I from Africa? Uh, <laughs> uh you know, students try to touch my hair, touch my skin, tell kids, you know. Again, these are elementary students. Keep 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 in mind that. Yeah, um, elementary kids. Yeah. These are elementary. So I give them a pass, uh, because they're young and just like that like exposure. Uh, right. I, mean, I made a couple TikToks video about this. Like, okay, I get like elementary and maybe like 80, 90 year old grandma, Korean grandma slide when they see me, right? But it's like right. everybody else, like, you know, like teenagers, high schoolers, adults. In the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, I'm like, okay, y'all too old to act like this when you see a black person. Calm down. Exactly. Now, if I was, you know, like Michael B. Jordan or Michael Jackson, yeah, that would be completely different because I'm famous and talented. You're like, you're yep. famous, but I'm an average <laughs> guy just going about my day. No. Exactly. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. So, segue into, so, you know, like your book. So, mm-hmm. What motivated you to write this book? Because I know the book is familiar about, like, you know, like, your travels within South Korea. So is mm-hmm. it, like, a guidebook for just, like, people coming into South Korea or anybody really can use it even if they live in that country? Uh, I mean, technically, it can be used for anybody. Uh, yeah. So my two ebooks I wrote called The Black Trials Guide to Incheon, South Korea, and The Black Trials Guide to Daegu, South Korea. Um I came up with those ideas, especially the first book was uh, Inchon. Uh, I came up with that book idea because of uh, lack of, I guess, travel guides, I guess, I guess you could say. Overall travel guide for all black people. Sure. Like a joint travel guide. Like, so I'm sure you've probably seen it yourself. Like, you find like um, travel guides or like solo travel guides for men, women. Some I see one or two like for black women, which are great, of course. I'm like, why hasn't there been one for like, that feels like everybody, regardless of uh, the African diaspora, can feel like they can pick up and read, you know? Exactly. Uh, and I thought, okay, well, no one's really done one for, say, Black gay folk or Black families or uh, Black men who just trying to look at date, date Korean women and stuff like that, right? So I thought, why not do something about that? 
Right. And the first book, Inchon, I was living there right during the pandemic. So I thought, okay, uh, I was gonna, I was typically going to be put on leave for a moment because of the job, because of the pandemic. So I thought, okay, why not take the time just try this book out? I mean, and I'm pretty sure maybe they'd be like, dude, but like with, when COVID happens, like, it can't really give me like pause, realize, huh, why not try something different, you know? Like, right. There is a try. Uh, right. And so book number two came out too, and that does a little bit well better than the first book. Um, and of course, you know, like uh, when you start a new venture, you're going to make mistakes. I mean, mistakes. Uh, I tried doing new things. I tried like, okay, try to get the word out about my book. Like try and go on means podcasts that I can. I'll that's it on Instagram. So I reach out to like every podcaster I can reach. And hopefully somebody says yes. So thank you for saying yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. And I understand completely like starting a new venture and wanting to be the wanting to do the best that you you know you can because yeah. especially during COVID, I think COVID really was when everybody started doing like something new, and really this podcast was birthed out of twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. So, regardless of like you know like us not wanting the pandemic to happen and all this, like there was some beauty that came through. So I totally understood, um, you know, the different venture and the passion, and that's why I said yes. Because obviously, like I personally, me just like knowing my sister that wanted to move to South Korea, and mm-hmm. she's going through every single dang detail. Just like, well, I know this, I know that. I'm like, you know what? What a coincidence! Because this person just asked to be on the Zayas show, and he lives in South Korea, and he's a black man. So you could listen yeah. to this episode, yeah. <laughs> and you could dissect and yes i'm going to give her the travel book for christmas because sure, that, sure that i'll give her a copy i'll give her a copy yes my next book i'm doing a travel guide on the whole country of south korea where i should go a little bit more in depth of south korea and um i also do a little bit more talk about the lgbt parts of being what's like being lgbt in south korea but yeah yeah so, are you part of the LGBTQ? No, I'm just a random straight dude. <laughs> who just who's cool with people. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, I saw I was listening to one of your podcast episodes earlier with, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Ch- Chaselyn Wade, I think that's. Yeah, Chaselyn Wade, yeah. yeah and you say, I think you say you were a preacher's kid, right? Yes. Same here, except I'm atheist, so I understand the struggle. <laughs> yes, that struggle because honestly, with that, like a lot of people be like, "Oh my gosh, do you are you still active?" I was like, "No, no, nope. I don't. I don't want to be active. I don't yeah. want." <laughs> no, that was just a detail, and yeah, no. Look, it was, yeah, it was fake yeah. it till you make it till I could move out. Once I get moved, I'm like, bye. Right, right. Bye. I think a lot of people don't understand that because, like, yes, like. My father is not active in the church like that. However, comma, the religion yeah. and the status will always be in the family. And that's the part that drives every single PK or OGPK crazy. Because it's like you can't escape it. Even if they say they retire, they retire from the external, not the internal in the family. Period. Yep. That's the best way to explain for everybody that's like, what's so bad about doing it? You get to dress up. You get to be in attention. No, we don't want the attention. I don't want to sit in a suit for more than two hours. I'm sorry. That's not for me. Um, <laughs> but um, so the book, uh, Travel Guide. So I understand completely, like, a lot of people, like, especially, like, 
when you go on TikTok and there's these like travelers that be like, go to this country, guys. It's totally amazing. Typically is by a white person <laughs> or or like a European descendant. And as an African-American that loves to travel, I understand that some countries don't like us or like me in general. So having a travel guy in general for an African descendant to be like, hey, like, this is the places to go. These are the things to see. And making it translate into something that we will understand is amazing. So you doing uh, South Korea is amazing. And that's truly something that I know a lot of people will want, especially with the K-pop fandom. (laughs) So do you listen to K-pop? Hello. Oh, yes. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> okay. Now, to answer your question, though, uh, no, I don't listen to K-pop personally. Um, I'm not against it, not because language barrier. I just never bothered to pick it up, you know? Yeah, never picked it up. So what's your favorite, like, what is something new that you picked up? Like, because I know hobbies change and people's interests change. So what's one thing that you found interesting when you moved to South Korea? Uh, funny enough, uh, as a gamer, I actually got more deep into, like, the competitive scene of Pokemon. Okay. Because, uh, I'd never been to an official Pokemon tournament back in the USA, because, you know, the America's so large, so sometimes you can't go to those type of events, right? Right. But, uh, here, I went to one in, uh, by the Pokemon company in Korea. That was in Seoul. This was, like, in the first, my first year in South Korea, so, and I've been kind of going ever since. I also met one of my best, I guess, my, one of my best foreign friends in Korea too, uh, Rachel. Shout out to her at at, at the tournament too. Um, and of course, also it's funny enough during the pandemic, I actually got into baking more. Uh, wow. Yeah, like today, yeah. I actually I just made some uh, uh like pe- pecan pie bars. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's something I've been doing more into. Um, but yeah. See, I would get into baking, but I don't have a st- like. I'm I'm a college student, so we don't no, have stoves in dorms. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you, yours don't? Your your dorm doesn't have one? No. Um. Typically, the apartment style does. I have the single. Right. So. Uh, okay. Right. 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 Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. No. My my dorm. Well, some of my dorms actually had a kitchen with a stove and everything, oven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, do you plan on, like, I know, like, the education system in South Korea is completely, like, a little bit different mm-hmm. <laughs> than uh, the United States. Do you plan on expanding your educate your academic career while you're over there? Because I know they have several great uh, universities. Um, well, no, I'm actually kind of, I started looking to recent about, like, um, looking into, like, getting, like, my certification while, while in Korea. It'll yeah. of course be virtual learning and those stuff like that, but um, I have been looking into that a little bit more. Uh, and of course, it gonna, it's going to be pretty expensive. Like about last time at that time recording, I think I saw about like six k or something like that for one of those programs. Yeah, but again, my plan is right. But that's more of like a future long term plans I want to get into. But first, uh, I want to get rid of my student loan first, then build you know a little nest egg, and then it's like okay, now we're good. Let's start looking to you know actually investing towards, you know, towards a legit career, you know? 
Right. Understandable. 100%. Yeah, yeah. At least that's the plan right now because uh, especially when the 20K kicks in, though, that's what's like, okay, let's start, you know, looking into that. Right. So you said you was a business major, correct? Like, yeah, for your undergrad? Right. Well, uh, yeah, my undergrad, yes. And that's where it kind of came in with the book, the idea for the book, because I noticed there was a um, a lack of demand. Like you mentioned before, uh, most we, especially before like what the mid twenty tens, like we see like travel influencers on YouTube, Instagram, yeah. mostly white people. Which is, and some of them I follow who have great content. I love some of the food, some of the food travelers, right? But um, like you said, uh, people who are people of color, we got we got we, some countries got to be careful going because. There is colorism, especially in Asia. That's rampant. That's been around centuries. And of course, right. uh, and especially for you, you're also gay. So it's like there's certain countries like you just can't visit no matter what. Exactly. Like <laughs> unless you're like like the kept, Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine Nine loves a gay, like you can't tell you unless he says it. Yeah, there's some countries you can't visit. Exactly. Now let me put it this way. So for those from my LGBT viewers in South Korea, listen, who are interested in coming to South Korea. Visit you can visit here in South Korea if you're LGBTQ. Working here, that's a little bit harder. That's that's more hard to recommend. Yeah. Like I think like actually, especially in those countries that do like struggle with LGBT. And I think everybody like, okay, guys, like my audience, Zay fam, if you <laughs> I mean, this is personally me. If I'm gonna move to a different country, I was gonna do the research first about right. the LGBTQ community. And if it's like they accepting, okay, I move. If they're not accepting, I'm not moving. And if yeah. I really want to travel over there, I'm just going to keep it down low, not really Smart. say much about the sexuality, just keep it pushing. But well, I, yeah. No, please go ahead. No, please go ahead. Oh, yeah. And especially, I think that's just for me being in the south of the United States, mm -hmm. like where homophobia is somewhat kind of like iffy, like who you talk to. So, like, I think, like, people within the LGBTQ, we all face that type of homophobia. It's just that when it's, like, I know some people would get, like, emotional when it's, like, they realize they can't move to a different country because mm -hmm. of their, you know, sexuality. And it's just, like, hey, like, just think of it like this. Do you really want to move to a place where it's, like, you're more looked down upon versus looked up upon? You know what I'm saying? Right. So... I know, like, you personally face challenges as being, like, a just being a black man, just, like, trying yeah. to get a job. Like, I know that you had to overcome certain stereotypes yeah. um, from the, uh, the Korean uh, people in general. So what was one stereotype that you've seen that they just couldn't understand that wasn't, like, real? Uh, I, okay, this is actually true. Um this was a couple of years ago. Uh, I was showing my Korean students, these elementary students, right? Yeah. Uh, about like, okay, we we're talking about Africa because I think it was like in a book, like one of our lesson plans for for a book job I working on, right? And I showed them a video by this uh, black YouTuber called Travel and Truth. Uh, yeah, Travel and Truth. Uh, he brother who did like a travel YouTube videos about Africa, right? And right. he showed like the real size of Africa, like you know South Africa, um, um, Senegal, you know the wealthier sides of Africa. They didn't believe me. They thought because they've been because they were growing up to believe that oh all all of Africa is one giant country that's all poor, they're all starving. You know the whole you know the whole poverty porn thing, right? But uh, and of course, like they just wouldn't believe me. But I kind of want to rewind back to like uh, set some concerns for anybody that I mentioned earlier. So for those who don't know, South Korea has no anti discrimination laws. 
So that means that um, so the, and, and unfortunately, Korea is still one of the worst place for its citizens, for Koreans to be LGBTQ, LGBTQ. Now, you won't get arrested for being gay, but you can be fired. A Korean can't lose a job for being LGBT. Wow. Yes, which so many there are many Koreans who, who are on Team Rainbow who do go on a down low. Uh, they don't tell employers because or even with the coworkers because they could lose their jobs. Uh, which is understandable, of course. And now from the foreigner side of things, um, it's kind of it's a toss up because I made a couple TikTok videos about this um, this situation. Um, from a foreigner side, for you, man. Um, it really depends on the employer because some for, some Koreans, I kid you not, they believe that, oh, you're a foreigner. So being gay is a foreigner concept. That's the only things that foreigners do. Koreans aren't gay. That's not a thing. Oh. Just like an occasion, this is also true. There are some Koreans who, and I can't make this up, I tried. There's some Koreans who believe that STDs, that Koreans can get STDs. Only foreigners can. Wow. Well. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a real thing over here, apparently. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But, and, um, uh, and also, back in um, July, they actually had the, the Seoul Queer Festival came back. And I went to that, it was, which was pretty fun, though. Um, this is over in Seoul. And, uh, and there's a one area, like this little circle area, park-ish area. And it was a lot of fun and had a good time. And, of course, surrounding them was a bunch of, you know, in, the typical evangelical, homophobic people, you know, singing gospel songs, and signs saying homosexuality is sin. But right. I guarantee you, and... This is my firm belief when it comes to these homophobic people. Like the biggest haters are always the loudest fans. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Every time, I swear. Like, and it's it's also very hypocritical because some Koreans, especially for like straight cis uh, straight Korean men, they be cheating on the partners left and right all the time. Ooh. and they're the ones you know bashing homophobia. I'm like, guys, you you really want to go to there? <laughs> and then sometimes, like, I just think like. With homophobia and with all that, like personally, me, I'm just like, if you have your own beliefs, I can't, I can respect that. Now, if you're doing something ten times worse, and then you come in mm-hmm. at me for just who I love, I'll be like, really? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I live in Louisiana, so yeah, we still have our fair shares here and there, but it's better than obviously what it was like, you know, like 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, like in the south of Louisiana, uh, south of the. United States, but um, truly me, and this is just me, and I guess this is just me growing and evolving as a person, but really, it's like with people, I like people would be like, oh my gosh, what would be the best states with no homophobia? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's like a lot of people would try to find like the place without homophobia, and when they realize like no places without homophobia, it's just like this percentage might be a little more, this percentage might be a little less. Which one can you deal with? <laughs> And especially, like, obviously, like, looking at, um, and I'm sure you see it from their point of view, like, how mm-hmm. our politics are in this country and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just crazy. And really, like, with homophobia, you really can't run from it. And it's something yeah. that will always, like, haunt people. Like, you know, like, with their sexuality and also, like, you can't run from racism. Yeah. And you can't run from uh, people that just hate you. You can't just run for them. You only could ignore them and, you know, not give them power. So, yeah. Now, I just want to say this real quick. There are many, uh, like, since I'm doing ESL, for this come from that side, um, there are many uh, foreigners who are ESL doing English teaching like me who are gay, lesbian, and bi. So I just want to say that clear. 
Oh, uh, well, of course. Yeah. So, so you won't feel alone about that. Um, and of course, everybody knows it's keep on on the low from their employers. Now, some may not care about it, or they know, but really just don't care. But again, because sometimes they kind of say, "Are oh, they? They really just don't care, or because they don't care because you're a foreigner." Exactly. Now, trans side of things, I absolutely have no idea. I really just don't know. Right. Now, <laughs> I under- totally understand that. So, you know, what is, so when you were, you know, what did you, how did you move to South Korea? So I want to get into the process, like sure. the steps that it takes to move from the United States to a different country. So mm-hmm. was it a typical, like you had to get your paperwork, you had to change bank accounts and stuff like that. So do you want to go through the process of like how you moved <laughs> to sure. South Korea? Sure, sure. Now, keep in mind, every country has different visa rules and regulations when it comes to, like, working. So keep that in mind. Um, like you said, I had to get my visa documents in order. I had to go uh, send my application for my teach- E2 teaching visa, which I got, uh, to the Korean nearby Korean consulate over in Atlanta, uh, but to the Korean embassy and whatnot. So I had to send my, uh, my contract there, job contract there, um, and also my other documents to you know a university um, with the Ap- Apostille document and all that no you know notoriety and all that jazz to them. Um, right. Now in terms of banking, uh, of course I kept my own you know American bank, um, and of course but you can you know you gotta let them know hey I'm going to be sending one you know let you know let the banks know hey um, I'm going to be doing foreign currency and all that jazz you know. Sending money right. back via phone course. So you, so you want to let them know in advance on that. Uh, now, when you come to Korea, like especially from ESOT side, um, you have to do like a health exam, medical exam. Yeah. So that's required. You know, make sure you don't have a like you don't have HIV or anything like that, or any other um, medical conditions that weren't alerted. Uh, so that could be a problem. Then right. Yeah, so the, which is normal. In terms of the banking, you really can't really do any of that until you get your alien registration card. Right. So, uh, which can take about a month or so um, to get all that process d- done. Uh, yeah. Again, this can vary from country to country, so I can't really tell you. And of course, visa uh, visa laws all are always changing. So, so I can't really tell you what what's going. What I'm saying right now could change the next. A couple of weeks or years or two. Exactly. 100%. And I think that for anybody that truly wants to move to a different country, do your research. Um, yeah. You know, obviously travel there first, like spend yeah. like a few days. Did you travel to South Korea before you made the move? No, I have not. Um, and I do agree with you said, uh, especially if you think about living there full time, Definitely try to go live there for a while, as long as you can, if you can afford it, and then test the waters. Because, again, um, yeah, I think that's a problem. People we see online, we see those um, influencers on social media talking about living in this country is so great, it's because it's so affordable. I'm like, okay, but you're an influencer. Like, let's talk about an average person who's not trying to be an influencer. Who's trying to just do, like, virtual uh, online working, remote working, excuse me. Right. Like say a coder or something like that, a you know, programmer. Like, what can he do to, like, say, live in Mexico for this amount from uh, from his perspective? Like, now, because uh, I, I think, and also, what I really can't stand about these um, travel influencers, social media influencers, like they typically show the positives, show the glowing, beautiful side of it. But it's like, okay, 
Of course. You can't hear, but when it comes to living, even traveling to another country, I believe personally, never should code anything. Tell about the good and the bad. Right. Because because right. you don't you never want to go in like rose colored glasses uh, when you move into another country. I'm guilty of that myself too. But when it comes to like moving or traveling, you know, like there's nothing wrong with you know being excited to travel, but just be aware of what to expect. Right. I agree. Because the ones that I watch, so I like to travel, and yeah. I got a college budget. So, of course, I like to live through the vlogs or, like, cre- mm-hmm. um, you know, like, through social media, like, you know, like, see, like, oh, I could go there one day, you know, because I graduated. Right, right. So, when I get, when I have my full-time job, it's like, okay, I'm a single guy. I really don't mm-hmm. have no responsibilities, so then I'll be able to travel. So, Really, when I'm looking at the vlogs or like their social media accounts, and when I see them, just like everything is sugar and and sweet and just delicious, yep. and they're white. I'm just like, okay, I'll take this with a grain of salt. But when my yep. luxury black girl TikTok tells me like, hey, like I was racially profiled, I'm like, okay, make a mental note, write that down, find out why. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I find it more like relatable when I'm looking at someone that looks like me traveling, mm-hmm. you know, or with no, my descendants. Exactly. Because it's like, yes, European descendants, everything looks good. <laughs> everything looks great. I, I would say the same thing too. But if it's like African descendant, that's a bit more different. But yeah. yes. So do you have any, so going into the new year, do you have any other goals that you want to achieve? Like, do you want to write another book? Um, And I know we already touched on that a little, but you know, like, do you have any goals planned for the next year? Yeah. So my goal is to finish my travel guide on South Korea. Um, I'm in the last stages about the, I'll say the manuscript is about 70% done. Uh. And I just recently decided to cut some chapters, like for some cities. I was going to put in the book, but like, okay, because uh, I wanted to hit this book, get it out and ready by like before summertime, by like late spring, early summer 2023. So that was my goal. Right. Um, so I wanted to put it there. I want to check it out. I'm like, okay, uh, to put it without stressing myself out, without, you know, going overboard, trying to like push it, I figured, okay, let me just cut these places out. And I'll just use the ones I got in the book right now. Uh, we'll just use it for there. I think because uh, obviously I can't hit every town and city, right? But let's figure, okay, I mentioned in the book, right? Or my new, my next book that I'm working on right now that, hey, I'm just one guy. Besides the editors and the commission artists I hired to do my book, uh, I'm just one one average dude. So, of course, I can't hit everything. I'm going to miss a lot of stuff, and that's okay. It's more oh, like right. a – I would say it's more of a, my all my books, travel books I'm making – it's more of a template. Like, say, okay, you can learn about it, read about it here, and then you can follow the ones uh, the, the suggestions I have in the book, and then maybe go somewhere else from there. Right. See now, see now, that's great. Um, <clears throat> thank you so much for coming on to the Zaya show. Um, before we end off, I just want you to tell where everybody can find you, where they could buy the books. And, of course, I will have all the links to all the books that are already released in the description bio below, guys. Um, so, Phil, do you just want to tell us your social medias so they can follow you and keep up with you? Sure, sure. Uh, my Instagram and TikTok, uh, that's the same where my more video vlog content come from, is the Blurred Explorer, B-L-E-R-D, Blurred Explorer. 
And my books, uh, the first book, The Black Trout's Guide to Inchon, Inchon, I-N-C-H-E-O-N, and The Black Trout's Guide to Daegu, Daegu, D-A-E-G-U, South Korea, are available right now on Amazon. Uh, keep your eyes open my uh, platform because I am working on a whole travel guide for the country of South Korea. I'm trying to get that ready by uh, late spring, early summer 2023. Okay, perfect. And I'm so excited and I can't wait for that to come out and I just applaud you for everything that you're doing and for the inspiration that you're giving and for all the information that you're giving to you know people in general that want to move and want to explore uh, South Korea so I applaud you for that and thank you for coming on to the Zaya show it was great having you and I'm glad we got to do this interview no thank you for having me thank you for saying yes (laughs) of course And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for coming on to the Zaya Show, and I'll see you later. Thank you again. What's up, guys? It's Zaya. And before we get into the juicy episodes and stuff, be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast so that way you can get first alert of new episodes on all streaming platforms every Wednesday. Now back to the episode. (music) 